You are listening to a sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. 2 Thessalonians 1, and we've covered down to verse 7. Paul is talking to the brethren there and encouraging them to continue, as he says in verse 4, to persevere in the faith, as they had been. In the midst, he says, of persecutions and afflictions, which they have been made to endure. And he said in verse 5 that it was a great thing they were considered worthy uh, to suffer for the kingdom. And it's an indication of God's righteous judgment that's coming that he will, verse 6, repay with affliction those who afflict you. And so we think about Romans 12, which tells us to never pay back evil for evil. It's not our job. Uh, When it comes to affliction and vengeance and justice, all those God is much better at. He has much better tools to do it with. He has much better insight as to uh, who deserves it. Uh, He knows which people who have done those things, which were worthy of that, have truly repented. And through Jesus Christ, uh, now uh, have joined the, the ranks of the suffering instead of those that are, are causing suffering. Men like the Apostle Paul, who admitted he caused terrible suffering and uh, did terrible things. Uh, but uh, he found uh, grace and mercy through Jesus, and we hope that of all those who ever do afflict the church, as we hope that that's true of all who ever have lived. And so it's a, it, God, though, will come and give relief. As it says in verse 7, he's going to be revealed from heaven with mighty angels in flaming fire. So there's going to be a judgment. There's going to be a judgment. Now, when, it, when judgment comes, notice, notice now verse 8. He will deal out retribution to those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so here is the swath of destruction. Here is the area of punishment. Here is the setting of all things right through retribution. And you just think about us as as people in our human nature. Don't we have a great, often don't we have a great desire for retribution? Don't people want to see wrongs righted? Now we get that wrong in, in so many human terms. But we sometimes think that a right thing done is the wrong thing. And sometimes we want retribution on righteous folks who are doing what they ought to have done. And there's sometimes, well, we think, well, maybe this one should escape retribution because they're near to us, they're dear to us, and we love them. Or sometimes we think, well, uh, he shouldn't give retribution to those folks uh, who did that terrible thing because the people that they did a terrible thing to, they deserved it. Of course, there's people on the other side going, no, the ones who retaliated, they deserve it. That's the other one. So there's all these things about, from a human perspective, with our limited knowledge and with our sometimes selfishly colored concerns, we wouldn't be very good at dealing out retribution. Uh, we, wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be very effective. Uh, we'd either be, uh, you know, we, we'd do it, we'd do it, wrong in some way. It might be ham-handed. 
or it might be underhanded, or it might be wrong-handed, or just whichever way a hand can do it wrong, I'm sure we'd, we'd get, it, get it wrong. But God will not. When God comes, and here he talks about two groups about, of those who would receive the punishment, those who do not know God, and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here are two classes uh, of which, uh, and by which those, those will come under destruction. Because the penalty, verse 9, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction. And so we might say these are the ones who are hell bound. These are the ones who are going to receive the weight of God's wrath. And it, it's, it's, it's classed in these two ways. They don't know God. Well, that's the description commonly of the Gentile world. First Thessalonians 4 and 5. Don't live in lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. Or Ephesians 2. They, they were strangers and aliens. They, they were outsiders to the covenant and to the promise. Or in Acts 17, Paul uh, on uh, 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 Mars Hill in Athens, he said, you guys worship the unknown God. So they don't know God. The only way of salvation, the only way to the eternal rest of God is to know God, right? Uh, sometimes people who are unbelievers, uh, they say, well, you just consign us all to hell uh, if we don't uh, uh, you know, agree to follow your God. Well, you follow your God and see what his reward is. I'll follow mine and see what his reward is. Um, but yeah, I really, truly believe that if you don't know God, uh, you won't know heaven. Because retribution goes to those who don't know God. Now, in Romans 1, there's reason to think that we should know God. Because what does Paul say? They're without excuse. They're without excuse. So, in assuring the brethren that their place with God is secure, those who are contrary to them and afflict them are going to be punished along with, it says, all those who don't know God. But then there's also this, those who don't obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who don't obey the gospel. So sometimes we speak about, does someone obey, did someone obey the gospel or not? Now, we sometimes use that as shorthand to ask, were they baptized? Uh, and we talk about baptism is obeying the gospel, and baptism is certainly a part of obeying the gospel. But becoming a disciple and a follower of the Lord Jesus is what it means to obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And so if the Gentiles were generally described as those who don't know God, why in the rest of verse 8, who's the rest of verse 8? That's generally the Jews. Because who does not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now the Jews largely rejected it. So did the Jews know God? In some form or fashion, certainly. They knew him through his first revelation, well, like we studied in tonight from Luke. Through the, you know, those lawyers had the key of knowledge. Of course, they locked the door and hindered others from coming in. But they knew about God. So it's not enough to know God the Father. It's also required to obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. If you don't do that, if you don't know God, and if you don't obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus, verse 9, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction. 
And so I know in some modern pulpits, uh, these words are too much, and these words will get you run out, but they're the words of the Apostle Paul. He'll deal out retribution, verse 8, to those who don't know God and to those who don't obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. The result is, in this retribution, it's the penalty of eternal destruction. And so it's, it's quite clear. It's quite stark. It's a penalty that is away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. And so if you want eternity in outer darkness, just be away from the light. Who's the light? God is the light. Why are there no lights in heaven? There's no need of light because he's the, he, God is the light. We'll all see him face to face. Here is, instead of eternal life, eternal destruction. Another popular theory about this today is that there's a thing called conditional mortality, that mankind is not made to be eternal, have an eternal component, only that those in God and those in Christ are given life, and the rest will just be extinguished. But that doesn't sound like eternal destruction. And so this eternal destruction continues away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. And so for those not in Christ and those who won't obey the gospel, these verses are some of the starkest of any place and the clearest of any place about eternal destruction. Other passages will talk about it. Matthew 24, Matthew 25, uh, that it will talk about these things. Romans 1 will talk about these things. Book of Revelation, especially maybe in chapter 22, uh, com- contrast between the rewarded and, and, and the punished. But this sets it more direct and more stark than any other single passage that I know of. But when he comes to be glorified in his saints, for them it'll go well. That's verse 10. Let's say that for next time. But just know there is this really stark and really plain and really clear passage about eternal destruction. And it's for two groups those who don't know God, and those who don't obey the gospel. And knowing that truth, and knowing where so many people we care for would be on the dividing line, if verse 8 is the dividing line, which it says it is, if verse 8 is the dividing line, how many people do we know on the wrong side? And how much should that compel us to take them the good news of the gospel that they might be spared this promised punishment of God? All right, with that, we'll close. We'll ask of you this evening to come to the invitation. Uh, do you know God? Do you, have you obeyed? Do you continue to obey the gospel so that you might receive that which is in Christ? It's freely offered on faith. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Malvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at malvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.